Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Hey, how are you doing, Mitch? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, I'd like to thank the fans for coming on, listening to the show today. I'm down in Indianapolis. I'm actually in the Pagoda Plaza inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where we're having probably the largest memorabilia show in the Midwest, if not the the, the whole U.S. And I'm uh, doing a book signing here with David Hobbs, our Formula One correspondent. And uh, it, it's, it's just a who's who of racing stop by. Uh, Robin Miller has been on the show. He was over here before, and a couple of drivers have dropped in, and a lot of team members, and Drivers of the past have also uh, stopped in, and and uh, I got a chance to talk to with a few of them. So we'll be chatting with a kind of a who's who of, of auto racing down here. But had the opportunity to talk to them, and uh, so it should be a fun show. Yeah, Steve. I guess for someone who's never been into the uh, Indy 500 uh, Memorial Day weekend, take us through the spectacle that is the uh, the Indy 500. It is it is just something else. It is the Super Bowl, the World Series, kind of everything all wrapped up in one. And what makes it a truly unique event is obviously there's a whole bunch of things. It's like any event like that. There's so many parties and, and gatherings and stuff going on that's wrapped up around it. And it's, it's almost, it's almost well, there's a lot of people. In fact, I would for many years. I'd come down here for the, the weekend and then head out usually Saturday night and watch the race you know, on TV. And there's still a lot of people that do that. Um, this event started probably about, well, I think it was uh, 2009, I think they started, or 2010. And one of the people that was working at the Speedway, they were having a meeting, and, and he asked the question, he goes, how many people do we have in and about the in Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the day before the 500? Because, the speedway was always closed. The grounds were closed to the public. And there's probably a quarter of a million people that are just in the area. He says, why don't we open the doors? And they've done that. This event has been so successful. It's free admission. They call it Legends Day. And uh, in the past, they've uh, honored individual uh, drivers, such as Bobby Unzer, Al Unzer, and, and A.J. Foyt. And, uh, but uh, this year, they decided actually to to uh, highlight a car and the car is actually not a car in itself but actually the um, uh, the type of car and that's the front engine roadster that was so popular with the fans in the 1950s and 60s so uh, we have probably I think close to 60 vintage Indy cars that have been on, on tracks uh, last couple of days uh, very, doing various sessions around practice and that and they've been popular they were out here just before and and uh it's it, it's just a just a lot of fun 
Well, and it's not all fun and games, though, Steve. You've been out there working hard the last few days, right? And uh, why don't you, you why don't why don't you let the listeners know who's who's coming through on the show this afternoon? Well, this is really neat. We're uh, the next segment. We'll be listening to Tony Kanan. Tony Kanan, of course, is driving for AJ Foyt Racing, and he was the fastest. And probably if the qualifying format was different, and I think it might be, but that we could probably do a whole show on that in itself. But uh, they were the two fastest that didn't get into the the, uh, the 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 top nine who were able to advance, and that uh, Tony and his uh, teammate uh, Mateus Weiss. Uh, and and Tony is, is is probably the most senior member of the of the drivers that are out here, and Mateus is probably the youngest, I believe, at 19. And AJ Foyt Racing has been fast uh, all week. And they have a very, very quiet uh, uh, confidence around them. And there's a lot of people. I think if you poll, there, I think Tony Kanan is probably a top. You know, could be a top three pick, if not uh, for the win. And you know, we'll be listening to Tony Kanan coming up here at the next segment uh, from his press conference after Carb Day on Friday. And also, you got Wally T. Ribs coming up later on in the hour as well. Willie uh, Willie T. is is uh, he's doing his premiere this this uh, tonight. Uh, Adam Carolla pro- produced and directed it, and it comes kind of comes from the uh, Paul Newman documentary Winning that he did a couple years ago. And uh, Adam was so uh, just kind of fell in love with Willie and his story, and how Paul Newman helped his career that uh, they decided to do a documentary themselves and. In fact, we even got Robin Young that just walked up to the table wanting to say hi nice. to David Hobbs here. So how's that, huh? Yeah, Rob, Robin Young, one of the good, one of the good guys for sure. He no, is no question, is. no question about that. Sorry, Willie T. Ribs coming up later in the yeah. hour as well. Of course, Dennis and Lori will come on the show as well this hour and talk a little bit about uh, the NASCAR segment and obviously some some good stuff there this week from those guys as well, right? Yep, and then we'll we'll, we'll close out the hour with uh, Kevin Harvick. And, uh, of course, he's been uh, the, the guy to beat on the NASCAR circuit. And then the second hour, uh, it'll be it'll kind of neat stuff. I'll come back on, on the, the first segment. We'll talk more. And then uh, we also had Wally Dallenbach. A lot of more old-time Milwaukee fans will remember him. He's won a couple of races at the Milwaukee Mile. And then Carl Kanehofer. And uh, this is one of those situations you can't pass up when Carl Kanehofer. Some of the, you know, some of the newer fans that might not be might not know who Carl Kanehofer is, but he was the number, the first employee of Team Penske. So when Team Penske started in 1966, Carl was the first guy Roger Penske hired. And some of the stories he's had, we were able to just kind of get the tip of the iceberg, but he has a book out uh, that came out a couple of years ago. But Carl is a neat guy. I think he's 87 years old, and he looks fantastic for his age and, and a lot of fun. Uh, he's a German German-born, originally worked with uh, Porsche, and uh, he is uh, just a neat guy. Also, too, Alan Kowicki has came in the news again this week. He was um, you know, up for the Hall of Fame, we, right? We did a, a special show with Alan, uh, on Alan, I should say, uh, a couple weeks ago. And the guys, uh, Tom Roberts is the big guy that was the, the real push to get Alan into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And I am just so happy. And and to have we we kind of did a tribute to Allen and and why he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm just so happy for all the fans of Wisconsin, of course, and of course the family too. And that Allen uh, much deservedly gets into the Hall of Fame because what he was able to do 
in his short career is just amazing. So, yeah, no question so, about it. Yeah. Steve, Steve, I will. Uh, yeah. I'll let you go, and we'll, we'll definitely check in with you here coming up in the next hour. Yeah, but... I want to get off the phone and say hi to Robin Young. All right, <laughs> sounds good. There he is. Talk to you later, right, Steve. Thank you. There he is, Steve Zaki, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. He's live at the Indianapolis 500 here on the Final Inspection Show. We'll have more coming up next here on the other side of a quick break. Again, like like Steve said, we'll check in with Tony Kanaan, obviously one of the more popular uh, indie racers out there. Looks to be one of the favorites at the Indy 500. We'll hear what he has to say coming up next on the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. It is the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, as well as David Hobbs Honda. Memorial Day weekend, nothing says Memorial Day weekend like the Indiana Indianapolis 500. Excuse me, Steve Zotke is down there this weekend. We'll be checking, him, checking in with him throughout the show. But right now, let's check in with Tony Kanan, who is one of the favorites, obviously, for the Indy 500, one of the more popular racers out there uh, throughout the world. And uh, he talked a bit earlier this week, and he started by talking about the track conditions. So we try to optimize that and run under heat conditions and see what are we going to do. But really, um, if you haven't figured out by today, you're in trouble. So we just really went through some exercise, gave the boys some pit stops, refueling, trying to gauge your fuel mileage and so on. So this day is always really busy. It's really like, I, I, I remember back in the days when you know we had to save the engine and you couldn't do more than 10 laps to save it for the race. Nowadays, the engines are so good. Chevy does such a great job that you can run full power all the way through. So then you tell the engineers that we ran three sets of tires, almost, than, almost more than 50 laps. And so it's, um, it's always busy. The crowd that comes in, it's, it's busy to move. It's busy to, like, to sign autographs for everybody. So it's just, uh, actually, this is, uh, I told the rookie this morning, I said, today, you're going to start experiencing the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think you figured that out. When you get out of the car after the end of today's session, like, do you think about it at all? Like, okay, that's it. Like, this is, like, do you breathe? Is it a little bit okay? This is yeah, what I have. actually, I grabbed the guys after we ran and uh, get mechanics all together and said, look, the work is done. Clean it. I think you guys need to rest. You guys did a great job. And, yeah, that's it. Now it's just a... Uh, some of the fun parts are going to begin with some dinners and the parade tomorrow, and then Sunday will be a goal time. And I'm sure it helps, too, that you qualified well. You're, you're fairly happy with where you're starting, and, and you feel like you're probably in a, a good place to start the race. Does that does that ease your mind a little bit? Yeah, I've, I've been around for too long. I've started first, and I started last, so I've been in both ends of the field. So I, I, I'm always comfortable. I, I, I always know what I got. So I, that doesn't make me worry too much because you know what you got. Everybody knows. And, you know, if it goes right, we have a pretty good chance. And if we do everything okay, I think we, you know, we can get there. So I try not to predict anything. I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy. I'm enjoying my family, my friends. They're here. I'm enjoying this place that it's a unique opportunity every time you've been here. So 
whatever happens on Sunday is going to be up to us to make it happen. Questions for Tony? Yeah, Jenna. Like the Twitter guy, you should not be here. I should. You want me to go back to Charlotte? No, I love you. Yeah, thanks. Um, the heat and uh, the unpredictability, you guys really don't have a great sense of what kind of rays you're going to see. So now it gets a lot hotter on Sunday. What are you thinking? It's concerning, but it's not really like, there's not a lot to think because nobody, nobody, none of us run at that type of heat. If it's going to be 90, we haven't had a single day here this month that we ran, so it's going to be really like... I think if you talk to every driver you talk to, everybody's concerned because we're going to have to be doing a lot more work. You know, with your tools in the car, for you guys that probably are not familiar with, we have two bars, front and rear, and we have the weight jack, and we have front wing, and I think it's going to be one of those races. I remember in 2013, when I won, I haven't made a single change in that car in a single pit stop. Not front wing, not tire pressures, nothing. I think we'll be doing every stop, we'll be making a change here. And in the middle of the race, you're gonna think, I'm awesome, and then it's gonna get three degrees hotter, and then all of a sudden you're like, what did that car do? Even this morning was the same thing, we went through that exercise. And the car was okay in the, in, in the beginning, it was okay in the middle, and in the end, the temperature started to get hotter, and it was a completely different car, we haven't done anything. So. I think it's a good thing. Everybody's really worried. You can see the guys, all everybody's in the engine. But honestly, that's going to be probably more of a, a pure talent of the guys trying to how smart you're going to be with your tools, saving this, saving that, and actually just everybody, every engineer making a good car for every driver, and we'll bat it out. Which I, it's it's uncomfortable, but I like to be in that in that place. Other questions for Tony? Yes, Tim. Tony, you've run the gamut here of, of luck, from good luck to bad luck to whatever. I'm talking about race days and stuff. You know, hitting somebody's old to winning. I mean, uh, uh, what, what, when you wake up on Sunday morning, what, what is the feeling like here, knowing facing that kind of unknown? It can be a good day. It can be a very bad day. So, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you just have to be happy that you're part of it. But that is no feeling because you can't predict. Anything can happen, so you got to make sure that uh, all I do is to make sure that I, on my end, I won't make any mistakes, and I'll try to make the right moves, not to regret it something later. But something you can do, but you can't predict what's going to happen. Yes, Bob. You were talking about having to make adjustments during the race because of the weather. Do you know, with, with, such, with this being kind of a new car, do you know what it, the adjustments are going to do? Yeah, I mean, we, we've read a lot of laps here this month that we went through the exercise. So, uh, uh, thing is, it's how much you got to do. You know, the amount of, but yes, we do, definitely, for sure. Any other questions for Tony? Who's going to win? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, obviously you spent a lot of time around AJ throughout your career, but this is your first time really racing for him here. Um, I'm, I'm sure Chip got a lot of fanfare, but AJ gets perhaps the most. I think anybody has more fans than AJ here, to be honest. Has it felt any different, especially here at Indy, being with him as opposed to your past? Oh, big time. I mean, I walked into the garage this morning and I thought it was a grandstand because we had 400 people in there. And everybody's eating ice cream and hot dogs. And that's AJ. They, they, everybody's an AJ friend here. I mean, I haven't, 
anybody that approached me that wanted some pictures of, hey, I'm AJ's friend. Hey, I'm AJ's friend. I said, AJ, you have a lot of friends here. Uh, it is completely different. And it's fun. Uh, it's busy at times. Uh, but I'm having a blast. I think, uh, you know, one of my best stories I got, I think I told some of you yesterday, but after qualifying on Saturday, we qualified. We're out of the top nine. We really barely made it. So we're 10. I get out of the car and I'm expecting to run into AJ and he's going to tell me, let's go again, let's, let's draw the time and let's go for the fast nine. And he approaches me in the golf cart and says, so boss? He's like, 1966, I was second and I withdraw my time to requalify and I ended up on the other side of the fence in turn one. I said, okay, well, I guess we're qualifying Sunday then. He says, yep, okay. So those are the kind of days we have there and it's, it's awesome. As long as they're sharing the ice cream and hot dogs with you, right? I'm not going to tell everybody can go there, but you guys enjoy this for sure. And can they go there and get ice cream? Sure. Here we go. Here we go. Now, they're from, good yeah, too. Official confirmation. Any last questions for Tony? Tony, thank you very much. All right, there he is, Tony Kanan again, one of the favorites for the Indianapolis 500 going on all weekend long here down in Indianapolis. Obviously, weather, a bit of a factor, very hot down there as it is up here in the Milwaukee area as well. So we'll see how that affects the race as it gets underway here uh, this weekend. Alexander Rossi is, of course, the favorite, it appears, for the Indianapolis 500, but we'll obviously have to see how it all plays out. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. It's more of the Spinal Inspection Show brought to you by David Hobbs Honda as well as Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove down there in Union Grove, Wisconsin. More next of the Final Inspection Show here on The Fan. inspection show here on sports radio 105.7 fm the fan i am not steve zaki i am mitch ross mayor mitch steve is down at the indianapolis 500 working hard all weekend long here getting you guys set for the big race down there this weekend obviously very warm in indianapolis and nothing says memorial day weekend like the indy 500 one of the greatest spectacles in sports always a good time down there steve was able to catch up with willie t ribs getting a documentary made about him. Let's hear what he had to say and check in with Steve. It's Steve Zotke with the Final Inspection Show down in Indianapolis. And one of the things going on is a Saturday night is going to be a premiere of a racing documentary that's actually been in the works for a couple of years. And I'm sitting here with Willie T. Ribs and his new documentary, Uppity. And there's a story behind that, too. But this goes back to the Paul Newman documentary, doesn't it? Well, with, you know, Adam Carolla and Nate Adams did a film about Paul Newman, the racing life of Paul Paul Newman and because of my relationship with Paul Newman they interviewed me in the in his documentary and when the documentary was done uh, they called me and said you've got a great story and we want to hear more of it and would you do it and I said yeah but we got to tell the truth. There can't be any any milk toast, uh, cotton candy 
uh, story. It's not a feel-good, it's a reality story. And they said, that's just what we want. Well, and Adam got a lot, a lot of positive feedback. Him and Nate, Nate Adams is here too. And it, it's, but you kind of stole the show a little bit because it, it's not only the story with how Paul helped you in your racing career, but the emotion you showed and how, and you see that with people that interacted with him on the level that you did, how important he was to a lot of people in auto racing. And I think that was one thing that kind of came across is. You're an inter- interesting person, Willie. <laughs> well, you know, I had, you know, I mean, I had a great life. I mean, I didn't come out of the ghetto. Uh, you know, I I had a pretty pretty affluent upbringing, and and my grandfather was very successful in business, and he was, uh, but he he was a, a driver. I mean, he any man that's born in 1899. That when he was born, remember the Titanic sunk in 1912. So he was tough, and he didn't believe in he didn't believe in uh, in in crying in your in your in your milk. You had to be tough. You had to be tough. And when we were on the ranch with him, it was all about being a man. And and he had no tolerance for feeling sorry for yourself. Or, you know, these kids today, you see them, they're, they're uh, either bullied or, you know, they're um, depressed. Because he had a great uh, medicine for depression. It was a shovel and a 100-foot ditch, 12 by 12, 12 inches wide, 12 inches deep. And by the time you were done with that ditch, you weren't depressed anymore. That's how he raised us. So, and I took that upbringing into my racing career, and it it was that without a doubt helped me uh, succeed. I don't want to get too much into it because uh, I I know some of the stories, but uh, we were just talking before about bumping in Indianapolis, and when you finally made the race in '91. It was special, but one of the things that was special about it, it wasn't easy to do, was it? There was, you know, this race uh, this year, there was two cars that were bumped. When I was here, there was 15 cars or more that were bumped. In fact, in my, uh, in 91, I bumped out Tom Sneva, and he was a former 500 winner. It was tough. And you didn't have a whole lot of chances. You didn't, you know, you got three shots, and that was it. And uh, so, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was competitive, and and you and you lived it on the edge, and you still do now. But in those days, it was a, it was a little bit more dangerous. And it, it it wasn't like you just came in here, worked a week like it is today, and maybe got some help with some setup sheets of that. It was difficult at first for you, and then it's the speed picked up, didn't it? And working with Derek Walker must have been a lot of help, but what were some of the things you had to overcome that year? Well, for one, we uh, had very small budget. We had a year-old car. Everything was everything was outdated compared to the top teams. Plus, I was a rookie on top of it. So, um, but the upside was Tim Warger. 
Tim Wardrop was such a phenomenal engineer that everything he did worked, right? And he was really cool about it. He, he uh, this place is the most dangerous racetrack on the planet. Other than the Isle of Man, which is a motorcycle race in Ireland, other than Isle of Man, this is the most dangerous place there is. And he had a way of keeping you cool. Even if you weren't at the speed that you wanted to be, he kept you cool. Strong like bull, cool like cucumber. That's what he always used to say. Strong like bull, cool like cucumber. And he said, we'll get it. We'll find it. And even with the mechanical failures with the engine, because we had a lot of engine failures. That was the Buick, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the Buick, and we didn't get a lot of track time. But when it came right down to it, he says, look, he says, uh, we'll, we'll have it ready for qualifying, and he did. Talking with Willie T. Ribs, who qualified for the Indianapolis 500 in 1990. And the documentary is being premiered this weekend. And how, how can uh, people see the movie coming up here, like in Wisconsin and, where, and where others listening on the Internet? Well, uh, it's not ready for release yet. We're doing a screening. Uh, in downtown Indianapolis at the Museum of Art uh, on Saturday at 7 p.m. In fact, food and drinks are six. It's open to the public. It's free. And that will be the, the screening. And um, so... And, and when it does uh, premiere, you'll see it on chassis.com. That's C-H-A-S-S-Y.com. Yeah, chassis.com. Looking forward to it and appreciate you taking time out with us, and it, it should be a lot of fun. Well, my we saw it. My fiance and I saw it uh, over the holiday, and she cried for half an hour. <laughs> so... She cried so much, I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's Willie T. Ribs, and make sure you can check out more information on Uppity, on Chassis.com, C-H-A-S-S-Y.com, uh, through Adam Carolla. How is Adam working with uh, on this documentary? He's a, he's a no, no holes barred, uh, tell it like it is. He's not afraid of anybody anybody. He's going to lay it on line. And that was the deal. If we're going to do this, it's going to be the whole truth and nothing but. All right? We're not going to say it was good when it wasn't good or was bad when, you know, when it was good. We're going to, this is the deal. And um, and when it was over, he says, he says, I don't know how you did what you did. He says a lot of people would have quit. They wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Adam's a car guy, but it's certainly been fun watching him as he's embraced auto racing the last uh, few years, and that, and his uh, knowledge of the sport has grown too, hasn't it? It's, he's a smart guy, and he learns fast. You know, he came out of the uh, construction business. Right. He was a contractor. He built homes. So, I mean, you know, you got to have some intelligence. <laughs> so, so uh, he, uh, you know, took it took it to where he is now. Willie, we certainly appreciate it and we look forward to seeing it. Thanks a lot. Steve, good right. talk to you. Thank you. There, right, he is. there he is, Willie T. Ribs, the first 
uh, African-American man to have tested a Formula One car back in 1986, and he's the first to compete in the Indy 500 back in 1991. Indianapolis 500, of course, going on Memorial Day weekend. Steve Zotke is down there uh, doing all the legwork down there for us here on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by David Hobbs Honda in Glendale, as well as Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. More of the Final Inspection Show coming up next here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Now it's time for NASCAR Chat with Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? This is Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. He's bound to Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, brought to you by David Hobbs Honda as well as Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. It's a hot one out there. I'm going to head out to Great Lakes Dragway, check some of the racing action out down there this weekend. Steve Zaki live from the Indianapolis 500 this weekend, so the Mayor Mitch Ross here navigating you through the final inspection show here on this lovely Saturday afternoon. Let's check in now with our Race Talk Radio correspondents, Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe. Coca-Cola 600 this weekend from Charlotte Motor Speedway. They'll get you caught up on everything you need to know. Welcome back to the final inspection. 105.7 FM. The fan, Dennis Michelson, Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. And Laurie, the all-star race. Over the years, this has been a classic event for NASCAR. About the last five years, it's been pretty lackluster. What did you think about the new rules? Did they accomplish their goal? Was the racing really better or just closer? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I was thoroughly entertained by the all-star race. There was, uh, I think there was enough going on in there. A little bit of mayhem as well. You had the Larson and Logano thing, but... I really thought that what they had put together for that race worked out really well. And I was a very satisfied customer. And I know there was a lot of people out there who, who you know, they, they're notorious complainers in any way. But if you didn't enjoy that race, I just, I just don't know what you're expecting. You know, this is, it's not 1975 anymore. People just have to get over living in the past and get with the times. I thought it was pretty good. 12 official lead changes versus three in the previous season. 38 times the the race uh, lead changed at the timing lines. This was big time different than last year. But no lead changes again in the last 11 laps. Here is my concern with what we saw from NASCAR. They changed like three things, three major things on the car When you change three big things, are you really sure which one gave you the best racing? No, I don't think when you change more than one thing, you never really know exactly what contributes to the end result. doesn't matter if it's racing or or anything else, basically. But I don't know. I I think, once again, this comes back to NASCAR wanting to, to fix everything all in one fell swoop, be it changing the rules, changing the points, whatever. And it's, again, I I say it week after week, it's like they're just, they just, they're trying everything humanly possible to make for a better show, 
I don't know really what the end result is that they're looking for, because again, I was a pretty happy camper this weekend, but it, it, it does sort of make you wonder all these changes we've had and probably more to come. It, it's, a, it's a sign of desperation in my mind. Thank and, and they got to just at some point leave these cars alone. That's exactly the word that I was going to use for this is to ask if NASCAR looked desperate because here's well, the, they do. here's the problem I see is like Charlotte used to be one of the most fantastic treks on the circuit. There's no question that the cars are going way too fast. We've seen that over the years that just because they're going 190 versus 165 doesn't mean the racing is going to be better at faster speeds. In fact, it's usually worse at faster speeds. But when I look at this, I look at NASCAR as being almost in panic mode, going ahead and, you know, oh, this was fantastic. This was a great rule change. But guess what? We're not going to do it again until next year. It just, to me, makes them look a little bit desperate. Aren't they? They gotta be. Yeah, I think so too. I do. I think so too. Now, are they this desperate because they're trying to sell the series and they want to do it before it loses any more value? Or are they desperate because they see the revenue decreases? Well, what concerns me, yeah, NASCAR can be desperate if they want to be, if they want to try and make a better better show to sell to somebody else. How would you feel if you were one of the team owners at this point? We've seen so much change up and down, up and down. How much money has been drained out of these teams, keeping up with everything, too? That's got to be exhausting for them. But between, again, week after week, I say this, NASCAR, Bart Arca, you just wonder what exactly is going on there. Who is... Who's actually steering this ship at this point, and who is making all these changes, and why? A great article over at jsky.com talking about how the team owners are really frustrated with NASCAR leadership right now. Does the potential sale of NASCAR make any cooperation between the team owners and current management almost impossible? Well, I think there's probably some little... There's got to be a lack of, of trust in there somewhere because, again, you don't want to just keep spending and spending and spending and making change after change. And, again, what is the future? What will the future of NASCAR be if the sport is sold, if the sanctioning body is sold? Will it be a lot smaller? Will there be the the paring down of everything? You, you kind of wonder. But, uh, yeah, it's got to be difficult for everybody, really. Every time a rule change is made, it costs the team owners big money. Is it time just to see a big overall in the overall engine rules again? Over the years, we've seen the engine size shrink. Every time these brilliant crew chiefs and mechanics and engine builders sort of catch up and get the horsepower back, we see NASCAR drop the cubic inches. We've seen it over the years, almost every 15 to 20 years, it seems like we see an engine change to the whole basic package. Is it about time for another change of the engine rules to take more power away without using the restrictor plate? Well, you say every 15 years, and that's kind of interesting because doesn't that mean 
that the engine builders and tuners, everybody is doing their job. They're getting yeah. everything they can out of what they're being given. So, yeah, unless you do make some major change where you basically go to solar-powered cars, <laughs> what else are these guys supposed to do? This is their job. This is their job to figure out how to go faster, how to go faster than the other guys on the track. And they're doing that. And now all of a sudden, okay, we're going to reprimand, reprimand you for doing that. So, you know, it's, again, what exactly do they want? What are they trying to accomplish? I remember when the restrictor plates first came out for Talladega and Daytona. It was sold as, this is a temporary fix, mm-hmm. but, but they in permanent it became a permanent it became a permanent fix and i'm sort of worried about that happening because for the teams this rule package now with having a separate size of a restrictor plate for these intermediate tracks that means they have basically three engine programs now that's more expensive than it was before at a time when revenue for the teams is shrinking that's not a healthy response no, that's got to be expensive for sure. And again, it's uh, one of these deals with NASCAR. Be careful what you wish for because uh, you might just make a better show. And then, like you say, they've got a different package for, for every single date that they're running. So uh, what's the happy medium here? Do they need to do something, though, to make the racing at the intermediate tracks better? Because this was better racing at the all-star race than we've seen mm-hmm. at the mile and a half tracks. There's no question about that. Is there even a better package, though, that they could use? And, and should they really be doing more testing? Well, you sound like the uh, the effervescent uh, looking forward uh guy here because you know this is what you would want as a as a mechanically minded person you want always something to be better you want to have something good and better coming around the corner so i suppose you do it's just you need somebody to pay the bills that's the whole thing yeah and that's going to be the big problem with all of this is finding a package that doesn't end up costing these teams even more money NASCAR seems to love to throw these rules out there with very little regard with what it does to the team's bottom line because it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't cost NASCAR a dime to, to get a better show. But it's going to be very interesting to see what shakes out here in the long haul. Well, the best weekend in racing coming up here, uh, you know, the, the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend is traditionally the greatest racing weekend for us racing junkies the indianapolis 500 first of all will this be danica's last race i think so i really do from everything i have read all of her interviews all the all the stuff that she has done i really do think she's hanging it up after this she's come full circle and she's going out on what i think is a very high note at this point wherever she finishes in the race That'll be fine. The fact that she has qualified where she has, I think, is just fantastic. And you got to really be very thankful for all of the media out there and all of the writers who has, they've really given her quite a nice send off. I'm very pleased with what I've seen. I'm not thrilled about that Lego sculpture. It was kind of (laughs) creepy, but I really think she's gotten a lot of very kind press out there compared to what we have seen. And whether that's just the, the IndyCar side, the, that 
caliber of writer compared to what we've seen on the NASCAR side? I don't know, but it seems everybody's being a lot kinder and a lot more appreciative of what she's accomplished in her career. And it's been pretty darn impressive, in my opinion. The longest race of the year in NASCAR coming up on Sunday evening. Who is your pick to win the 600? Well, I think you're an absolute idiot if you don't go with Kevin Harvick at this point. This guy is unstoppable. And I am going to take an ultimate long shot, a guy that has got to be at least 12, 15, maybe 20 to 1 to win because this guy never seems to win. I'm taking Jimmy Johnson. Well, folks, that is going to wrap it up for your NASCAR segment on the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Dennis and Lori always entertaining here on the final inspection show each and every week. Noon to 2 on Saturdays here on 105.7 FM. The Fan Mayor Mitch here stepping in as Steve Zotke is down in Indianapolis getting you ready for the Indy 500, which of course takes place tomorrow. Danica Patrick, Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, will be her final race of her career coming up tomorrow. Aaron Rodgers says he will be in attendance. Hope to uh, maybe hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up a little bit later on in the Final Inspection show. More of this show coming up next here. Final Inspection brought to you by David Hobbs Honda as well as Great Lakes Dragway down in Union Grove. More next, Final Inspection Show, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law